Episode 88 of the Small Business Startup Essentials Podcast, The 7 Ps to Profitability, Part 2. Well, hello and welcome back to Part 2 of the 7 Ps to Profitability. In the first part of this two-part series, we covered personal story, platform, and then positioning. Next, we're going to be going over product packaging, pitch, and partners. So remember, each step complements the one before it and is in this particular order for a reason. No one step can be independent without all the others in place. So let's dive in. Product or service. Now, to profit from your personal brand, you obviously need something to sell. In my business, I primarily sell uh, you know, labor and services and small business startup coaching, as well as digital downloads of documents. But ideally, when I have coaching clients, I'm selling what I know and get paid to speak and help people through issues or situations to either move forward and do something or to see if they need to stop doing something in in order to still move forward. Either way, I'm getting paid to speak. In years past, with my old business model, I had to go and perform a service in the realm of IT, you know, information technology, and get paid for my time. But for you, what will you be selling? A product or a service? Or maybe both? You might have a book or a service to sell, so it's just a matter of positioning your products or services to the right market and at the right price point. But we'll be covering some of that in a bit. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. So there's four types of products that I can promote. I'm just giving you an example here of how I do it so that maybe it'll be helpful for you. Affiliate income, okay? I can promote tools or services that I currently use, but have others sign up for them also through affiliate links that I have in place, you know, already with these other services. If somebody signs up for a service through the link that I provide, the price doesn't change for them. The price doesn't go up for them, but I get a little bit of a finder's fee, so to speak. It's just a, sort of a, a, a thank you fee. I have ebooks or a document uh, swipe files, as they're called, uh, s- sort of forms and templates that people can use to uh, help start or plan the launch of their business. Uh, I have online coaching programs as well. It's, it's just a simple way to generate content and, and revenue. For the business, I get paid to speak for my coaching time. And your business plan will have you know details of how you'll be marketing and promoting your services as well. You know each one should have a completely different approach. Some will be promoted through your blog, and some products will be more appropriate through a webinar or whatever it is you're promoting. You'll need an individual marketing plan for that product or service only. Now, marketing strategies come in all shapes and sizes, but they have a common goal of attracting and building relationships with customers. Now, the style is is up to you, but 
It should include these basic elements. Marketing goals and objectives. Define your target audience. Research marketing tactics. And plan your marketing tactics. So the first one, marketing goals and objectives. You'll need to develop some realistic but measurable marketing goals. Create a plan that covers a full calendar year and make sure it still fits your business plan. Now, your strategy will help you achieve your goals through the tactics you use. And we covered strategy and tactics in the first uh, episode of this series. Uh, Think about the type of products or services you're selling and how and where you plan to sell them. Number two, define your target audience. You want to fully describe the characteristics of your potential customers, you know, as well as, you know, their media and viewing habits. Take some time to define your audience and the and the customers for your products or services. But also think about, you know, their unique demographic characteristics as well. You know, age range, uh, maybe marital status, maybe gender, income level, or maybe education as well. You know, this will help you lay out your plan for distinguishing yourselves from the competition. Number three, research marketing tactics. So there's more marketing tactics available today than ever before, and trying to determine which one's best for your business can be a bit overwhelming. Take some time to do some research, but don't take too much time, friends. Getting caught up in the analysis paralysis will get you nowhere. A good understanding of the tactics will make you more comfortable in selecting which ones are best for your business. Number four, plan your marketing tactics. Now, once you've completed the research, it's time to pick the tactics and channels you're going to use to accomplish your goals and reach your target audience. Trying to have some specifics here, but again, not too specific. You want to be, you want to have some freedom to do some different things in different ways. And if some things work, that's fine. If some things don't work, you still want to be able to change the plan a little bit. This isn't a, a, a Bible of marketing. It's a guide for marketing. Okay. It's a plan. Next topic in the seven P's to profitability is packaging or pricing. They sort of go hand in hand here, okay? I don't mean packaging is in literal shrink wrap packaging. So there's a lot of information to go through on this topic, the do's and don'ts of, of pricing. And If you really want to dig deep into the psychology of why people buy the way they do and how people respond to different price points, I really recommend that you check out uh, this guy, Nick Kalenda. K-O-L-E-N-D-A, Nick Kalenda. He's an expert on the topic, and he presents his research in a very readable way. But for now, in this episode, I'll just be covering some surface level information on all of this in the hopes that it'll help you get started on your path here. And when you create your own products or services, you'll have a better understanding of price points. So I'll give you three different ways you can create price products and services. So I'll give you three different ways you can price 
products and services. Now, this isn't an exhaustive list, of course, but as I said, it'll get you started. Number one, product in the digital or physical products or a course that's created. Number two is value and the fees that can be set in three different ways. And the third type is hourly. You're getting paid for your time. And some people will set pricing based on what the market will bear and what the highest price point they can set it at so that people will still buy it. But I don't really recommend trying to set your product at the very highest price point. You know, typically the first tier that I like to use will fall under $100. Maybe, you know, and there's, again, different psychology for price points. You know, we've all seen uh, different uh, price prices listed as nineteen ninety nine instead of twenty dollars. Why? Because nineteen ninety nine looks and feels cheaper than twenty dollars, and it's a penny cheaper, but it looks a, a lot cheaper. So, price points of twenty nine dollars is popular. Uh, $19.99 is popular, $49 is popular, $97 is popular. And uh, again, with looking into the research that Nick Kalenda offers, it's, it's a matter of, you know, when you say the price, how many syllables are being used, right? 49 is less syllables than $49.99, Okay. Again, I find this interesting to when I look into the psychology of price points, but it might be a little bit too much for you. I don't know, but uh, it, it is interesting anyway. So it's this things that I think about when I set price points. The second tier will be under $500, okay? Some examples maybe would be 197 dollars, two hundred and ninety seven dollars and four ninety seven. Four ninety seven is seems to be more popular than four ninety nine. Two ninety seven seems to be a more popular price point than two ninety nine. There's something about the seven at the end. One ninety seven, two ninety seven, four ninety seven. Again, a little bit too much to to dive into for this episode. But you can look into it yourself if you want to, again, at nickcalenda.com. So for these products at a higher price point, you know, they might come with a little bit more support behind it. They might come with uh, a, a more robust package deal. Okay. Now, the third tier of products will be uh, of a higher value, and they might come with bonus products or even uh, a live event included into the price, maybe like giving a seminar or a workshop. You know, hourly pricing isn't normally recommended because both sides end up watching the clock instead of concentrating on a coaching session, which will be counterproductive. So... So the third tier of price points might be $997, right? Keep it under $1,000, uh, $795. That's up to you. But the third tier is, is going to have a higher price point, but it also comes with uh, 
more a bonus products or a more robust package. So value pricing. How do you set the fees? You can create pricing options. So on my website with uh, the podcast uh, launch uh, program that I offer, I have three different price points, right? Free under the DIY method, the do-it-yourself method. I have a done-with-you service and a done-for-you option as well. And they both have different price points. You can set uh, a single fixed price or you can set up payment terms as well. If you have a higher price point of $1,000, you can, if you choose to, split it into two different payments. If you have a higher price point of a, a few thousand dollars, you can set up uh, three different payments or uh, six payments where you split it up into uh, six payments once a month for six months. That's up to you. The longer the payment terms, though, the more riskier it is because you never know. Somebody might just call their credit card company and tell them to reverse the charges. If I'm going to sell some small business document templates that helps a client save time by not having to create these things themselves, you know, yes, they save time, but the value isn't as high as if I spent three to four hours of my time in proofreading material for a course someone is putting on that where they make many thousands of dollars. You know, that would justify having a higher price point. When it comes time for a client to see the proposal, you know, I don't recommend that you send it to them in advance. You want to present it to them, you know, uh, through uh, maybe a Zoom session or something so that you can explain your proposal to them in a better way. See, if they're they're having a, a bad day and they're opening up your proposal after they've been in Uh, meeting prior to seeing your proposal, or maybe uh, they're just, things aren't going well for them. Maybe they had an argument, maybe they got stuck in traffic and they open up your proposal. Now they're seeing your proposal without your explanation. And they may be more likely to not be as receptive. But if you present your proposal to them live through a video call, uh, then you can you know, reveal one page at a time while you talk them through it. And it's more persuasive that way. So again, setting payment terms, it could be 100% up front. It could be 50-50, where it's 50% up front and then 50% of the project when it's completed. Or payment terms could be monthly or installment terms. Now, the next P in the profitability is pitch. And it's very important to pay close attention to the quality of the copy you're using and that the message that's being conveyed is clear and concise. Whenever a a title or heading is being used, the message needs to grab their attention. If you see any of my landing pages, you'll see what I mean when it comes to using Uh, headings that draw people in, and then subheadings. It's like a heading and subheading is sort of like a one-two punch with uh, impact, so to speak. 
you know, you can refer to my blog to see what I'm referring to at tomclaremont.com slash blog. If you want to dive deeper into the topic of pitch and how to refine yours uh, when you're giving a verbal pitch, I really recommend you to Martin Barnes, the pitch coach out of the UK. He created the Pitch Club that meets online once a week as a group and so you can practice your pitch along with others and get some feedback. You can find Martin Barnes on LinkedIn daily. He's very active on LinkedIn. And also through his website at 8secondstoconnect.com. E-I-G-H-T, 8secondstoconnect.com. I personally spoke to, to Martin and, and uh, discussed his uh, tactics with pitch. Uh, recently, very good guy to talk to about improving your verbal pitch. Now, the last P, partners. Now, normally when the topic of partners comes up, people naturally think about someone that's going to be a partial owner of the business and share the expenses or risk involved. This isn't the intent for what I mean here in this episode. Establishing a team of people that you can rely on and collaborate with to reach your business goals is crucial to your success. And they're sort of like your partner here in in business. It's not possible for you to know how to accomplish every function necessary for your business. You're going to need to rely on others to handle critical tasks. This team of professionals that that you'll need goes beyond the concept of having others do things that you can't do. It deals with the concept of having others do the tasks that you should not do. See, knowing your zone of genius through a personal evaluation and one of the tools I use is important here because some tasks could be done by you, but some tasks could only be done by you. These specific tasks are what separates you from others in your business space and makes your business unique. If you're able to focus on your zone of genius and delegate the tasks that an office administrator could do, or or maybe a virtual assistant could do, then you won't be bogged down with the host of menial tasks that you should not be doing. I've interviewed a a couple of virtual assistants uh, through the podcast. If you want to uh, dial back a little bit about, you know, Zone of Genius, uh, very early on in the podcast series, Episode six of the podcast is Finding Your Zone of Genius. And episode 76 was an interview with the virtual assistant, Tia Robertson. Well, folks, that wraps up our two-part series for seven Ps to profitability. Hope that this was helpful to you. Hope that I was able to bring some insight for you on how you can uh, sort of structure your profitability and having the certain pieces be in the right order for you. If you have any questions, just send me an email, tom at tomclaremont.com, or you can reach out to me through my online calendar on my website and book a a free 30-minute discovery call. Folks, uh, 
as always, uh, I want to say once again, stay encouraged, follow your dream, and don't give up.